everyone, and welcome to Amplify Your Potential podcast with me, your host, Dr. Asia Ghazi. Sorry if I sound a little weird right now. It's just because I'm still getting over a cold, but I am really happy to introduce all of you to my friend, Gosh, long time friend. How long have we known each other? I mean, I know you've heard me say this before with my friend Tanya. <laughs> like we've known each other a long time. <laughs> yeah, like 20 years, maybe. Oh my goodness, 20 years. Yeah, we we met in um belly dancing class at the at the gym, the Total One gym, right? Yeah. So my friend Melissa D'Amico is with me today, and we're going to be talking um, about a bunch of really great things, you know, to talk about intuition and finding your purpose and all of that. But let me introduce you to her real quick. Uh, so Melissa D'Amico is an online business owner and is a happily married mom with one daughter. Beautiful. I love her. Katrina is so beautiful. Um, and she's also currently navigating running a successful business while being a present mom and wife. And I think for those of you um, who are listening and are going, oh, you know, I'm a mom, I, I'm a wife, you know, I, I'm running a business or I would like to run a business. How could I do that? Um, this would be a really great episode to listen into. Um, this year, she is working on being efficient with her time while also prioritizing herself in the season of her life. So she she and I have known each other for uh, about almost 20 years, and I'm really happy to introduce you to Melissa. So Melissa, thank you, for being, thank you for being here today. Okay, so let's start talking about like you as a mom. I mean, because you're running a business, like you said, you're a mom, you're running a business. I want to know more about this. Like, what does this look like for you? And actually, well, we, even before that, um, what made you want to start your business? Let's start from there. Okay. You weren't, you weren't a mom yet when you started your business. No, I wasn't. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I was, I think I was engaged at the time. Yeah. I wasn't even married yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't married yet. I was engaged. Yeah. So I was, I didn't have a child. I knew that we were going to have a family though. That's something that we talked about when Tommy and I were dating, but um, yeah, it's a great question because a lot of, a lot of moms think that, or a lot of women think that uh, there's like a stigma out there that you can't do both well. Like you have to choose being a good mom or you have to choose running a successful business and it's like a push and pull and a tug of war inside of yourself. And uh, a lot of women uh, when they first become moms and just throughout motherhood experience a lot of mom guilt when they're away from their family or they feel like they're not giving hundred percent at home. And um, we grew up in that era of you know, the eighties, Asia and I were aging ourselves, but it's fine. Um, we grew up in that era of women's, um, the, the working mom, you know? So, so we had that experience of, I, at least I did growing up of my mom working incessantly and not really being home very much. And I'm very grateful to my mom for working as hard as she did because she really taught me a wonderful work ethic when I was growing up. And she taught me that um, you can have anything that you want in life if you're willing to work for it. So I, I saw that through her example. But something that I really missed was having her home and having her present and having her at like school activities. Like she couldn't. She was she was running a business when I was growing up and she would work 10, 14 hours a day. 
you know? So like I always had the presence of family there, but it wasn't always my mom. And so when I became a mom, I decided that it was going to be different for me and my family because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be present for my child. And I wanted to be that mom that volunteered in the classroom and, you know, came, came to the school on her birthday and did the cupcakes and all that stuff because I didn't have that when I was growing up. And I wanted to give my daughter that experience and let her know that, you know, she could be anything she wants to be when she grows up. And, and we have a choice now as women to be anything, you know, like if you want to stay at home and be a, a stay at home mom, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to run a successful business and be a mom, you can do that too. If you want to just be a working mom, that's fine. You know, there's, there's a, a way to do that. And I, I feel like a lot of women put so much pressure on themselves that that is an impossible thing, but it's not. It really yeah. is. I, I love that you said that. You said, I don't want to be like my mom because she was running a business, but she was never available for us. What kind of business did your mom do? It's so interesting that you asked me that. Okay. So um, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny to explain, but so my mom was very, very creative like to this day so she and I grew up Catholic and she was very active in the church so she um imported these religious images and she put prayers on them and she would literally knock on people's doors and customize them for them so she would put their name or the family name in the prayer on the image she'd get it blessed by the priest and she would come back to their house and you know give it to them so she would make like photo albums like that for them. If they just had a baby or she would make like a really pretty frame for them and she would decorate it. And that's mm, what she did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that crazy? I mean, that's amazing. Cause yeah, yeah so creative, but her, I think what's crazy is her going door to door. Cause you know, we didn't have internet yeah. and social media at the time. So it's not like you could just post, look, no. I made this beautiful album with these prayers and sell it that way. Like you literally. Would, had yeah. Literally knock on people's doors. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And she got a lot of business that way. Yeah. She put me through college. She yeah. put me through high school. Yeah. Private school. Yeah. Doing nice. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and so it's, and she was a mom herself, but yeah, I, I could see that because, you know, you're out and then you're doing that and then you're coming back home and then you're trying to get all this stuff done to get, you know, printed and everything. And that's still work. And right. so you're still not really able to spend that time with your child like you want to, because you're still doing the work. <laughs> yes, home, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. and so to answer a question of why did I decide to own a business, ironically, when my mom made it so important to me to go to college and get a degree, because she felt like that was going to give me uh, stability and I wouldn't have to do, um, I wouldn't, it's not like we didn't have stability at home financially. We did, but she felt like, I don't know, it was going to be easier or something for me because my mom didn't go to college. So she didn't have that experience. So she thought, you know, like many parents and especially Hispanic families that come here from a different country and put their kids like, I don't know, college is just very, very academic. The academic world is very, very emphasized. Like you need to do this. It's going to make you have choices in life, you know, and I'm grateful that she did, you know, make me go to college. I wanted to go to art school, but she made me go to college. And, um, 
she, <laughs> anyway, when I met you, Asia, I had like 500 lives. I, I had so many different jobs. It was crazy until I finally I figured it out for myself. But <laughs> I think we both did. We both went through that. And I don't know if your mom put that kind of pressure on you too, but she was like, you have to go to college. You have to go to school. You have to get a degree and then you're going to have a career, you know? And then she thought that that was like the be all and end all and everything was going to be great. And I did, I went to college. She paid for college. So I didn't have any debt when I got out of college and I went into the workforce. She didn't let me work while I was in school. So guess what? I had to take like whatever job cause I had no work experience. So that right. helped me. And, um, I ended up going, you know what? I don't want to do this. Like what I went to school for, it's not really what makes, it's not my passion. It's not what fulfills me. It's not, I don't feel like I'm serving a purpose. And I had a, a I ended up out of college having a, an eight year career in bookkeeping, working for the entertainment business um, and doing people's books, like running their life financially pretty much. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This was not make me happy. I'm not excited to come to work. You know, my mom's disappointed in me because I'm not even working in my field. I know so many people that went to college and they don't end up working in their field. Like, I feel yeah, like that it's such a typical thing. I think, especially in our generation. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Everybody, everybody that gets out of college now for the most part, I mean, unless you're in it or you're doing data analytics or something within business, most people are not doing what they studied, especially I've noticed people that are that have backgrounds um, or degrees in English literature, history, or something like that. Because you know, like I have a friend um, who has a bachelor's degree in history, but she does she works for the government. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, you know what I mean? She's not doing anything that's do with history. But um, the good thing is, she actually went and got a second bachelor's degree in something that had to do with legal studies which I think worked for her in terms of her getting a government job. But yeah, I mean, most of us, cause I mean, I, which is interesting if, well, that, or if you go to law school, then you're going to either become a lawyer or you're going to become a paralegal or you're going to do something that has to do with law. <laughs> but yeah, most, yeah, most there's, of- there's careers where college and um, graduate school like serves its purpose. Like it's a part of the process of, you know, like if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or, um, right. you know, a, t- a lab tech or, you know, things in the medical field, like you do have to have this education and background because you have to have that in your experience to move forward in the career. And, and that's more like you're picking a vocation already and you know what the plan is going to be. It's already laid out for you. Right. But for most people, they're, we're just, we're, they're going to college just because, okay, well, I, I need to go to college and I need to get a degree because this is something my family wants, or I need to get a degree because, you know, I'm going to be able to get a promotion at work. Because, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, and now it's really interesting that we're mentioning this, because if you think about it, um, and this is, this is a new trend, now you need to have a master's degree to even really get a good job. You know, now a bachelor's degree is not enough. So, right. um you know, so most people are going to college just to get education and whether they're they're going to be in that field or not, they're not going to, you know, it, we don't know that, but they're going to get some type of education. And I think at least, you know, getting that education is going to help you. Does it, even if you're not going to work in your own degree field, you know? Yeah. Education is, and, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with education. I think education is wonderful and knowledge is power and going to college was a wonderful experience. And it was, I learned a lot of things about myself. I learned a lot of things about just 
dealing with people, period, that have different personalities and upbringings and backgrounds from you. So it was a good experience. And I would say, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. You went to Cal State Northridge too, like me, CSUN. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we did, the funny thing is, I'm meeting a lot of my a lot of my friends, and we all went to CSUN. We never knew each other when we were at CSUN. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, when did you graduate? I graduated in 2004. Okay, I graduated in 2005, so I was just a year a little bit behind. But yeah, that's eh, yeah, that's crazy. We both yeah, and my school. major was art, so we weren't anywhere near each other on campus. So that makes sense. No, never been into each other. Yeah, so totally different fields, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. when, when I came out of college, I, I got a job at a, at a f- entertainment um, firm for, and they took care of the books for directors, actors, um, people in the entertainment in- industry. And so it paid me very well. I did it for eight years, but like I said, it, it didn't make me happy. I was very stressed out every day. I was crying in the parking lot before I come out of my car to go into work because they didn't want to pay me overtime, even though, um, you know, it was impossible to get everything done in an eight hour day. And I had very demanding clients on my desk and my supervisor had gotten literally hit by a school bus and she was on disability and, uh, they were expecting me to do her job and I didn't know how to do her job. That's, she was my supervisor for a reason. And, you know, they didn't want to replace her. And then they ended up firing her. It was just a hot mess. Okay. When I, when this business that I have now found me. I'm, I'm and, still trying to get over the fact that she got hit by a bus. How did that happen? Isn't that crazy? I was like, she, wait, what? <laughs> she was on her way to work one day and she got hit by a school bus literally. And she ended up in a wheelchair and her arm was broken and she was out of work for months and they oh. fired her while she was out on disability and they were trying to make her work too. It was just That's even worse. Terrible. You, can't, you can't fire somebody when they're this going through a disability like that. That's horrible. No, it's totally illegal. But anyway. <laughs> it's, it might be legal, but that's horrible. And, you know. Right. And that's the situation that I was in when I decided to become a business owner. Well, the decision was made for me. I was already just, I had already decided to leave my job at that point because Tommy and I were getting married and um, planning a wedding is like a full-time job. And I didn't have a wedding planner and we were going to do it all with cash and no credit cards. So we were on a serious budget to get it done. And it was taking up a lot of my time. I had already started my business and I was planning to leave like, you know, after the wedding. And I came into work one day and they said, we no longer need you here. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and I was still paying for things for our wedding and, you know, like... So I they had, just abruptly terminated your position. Exactly. With no reason, really. They just said that the clients weren't happy with me and they were like, okay, pick up your stuff. You're you're done for the day. And when I came home, it was horrible because I was like, how am I going to tell my, my fiance this? Like, I don't have a job. So I I got home and that day I had some appointments in my business to, um, put some body wraps on some people and I moved them like, cause you know, I was done for the day. So I was like done at noon. So when he walked through the door, I told him, you know, I have good news and I have bad news. The, the bad news is, is that I lost my job today. The good news is, is that I made $150 since noon, which is more than I make as a bookkeeper. Ever. Right. 
Right. In a day. In a day. day, Ever. I never made that much. And so he was like, okay, you have 90 days to make this work. You have 90 days to replace your, your paycheck. And, um, if you can do that, you know, I'm not going to ask you to go back to an industry that you hate and get a job that you don't like. And Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So, um, that was was a challenge. That was my fuel. That was yeah. my fuel to make it work because I knew we had a wedding to pay for that our parents couldn't help us with. Um, and we were going to start our life together. And he was very much against having any sort of debt. So mm-hmm. um, when I met Tommy, like he didn't, even, he didn't even have credit cards. Like he was just so against having any sort of debt. Was, and, he, listening to Dave, was he listening to Dave Ramsey by chance? <laughs> No, it was just like from his life experience of his parents that's, and growing up and everything that he had. Yeah, that's good because that's what Dave Ramsey teaches. He talks to people about not having credit cards and not being in debt. So I was just like, oh, is he another one? Yeah, because I mean, I, I think that's smart to be in a relationship. You don't have debt. You don't need credit cards. Whatever you need is coming from your paycheck, from your checking account. There's no reason for it. Right. And so, yeah. And then, and then he challenged you. And I like that because he said, you have, you have nine, you have basically three months. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that three months is what you were like, okay, we're going to make this happen. Yes. And, yeah. and that was, and so I know a lot of people starting a business is very scary for them. And it's, um, that's oftentimes what keeps them from even making the first move or even, you know, they have an obstacle and they stop or, they stop and they start constantly and that's their cycle. Um, but I have always in business and life in general, I've always followed my intuition because I feel like it's our navigation system and you should always listen to it because it always, it's always right. It's not, it never lets you down. Mm -hmm. So sometimes things don't make logical sense in the moment, but if your gut's telling you and your intuition's telling you like, this is the right move, you just got to jump. And the parachute will appear. You have to have faith in that. And you have to walk in belief that things will work out. Because I believe that God puts opportunities in your path. And you always have a choice. Because we have free will. And so you make that choice. And then everything ends up working out. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Because... My intuition hasn't failed me once in, in, you know, what it is. I mean, for me, good Lord, you just know it. I can't deal with nine to five jobs. I couldn't do it, you know, and I'm happy to have jobs that are flexible. Like I'm working, you know, I, I teach at a, a university. I'm a graduate assistant at Pepperdine. So I love that I have flexibility. I have my own thing I do on the side. So I can do that and make that money. And it's like every time I check into my intuition, like, okay, should I go apply for a nine to five job? It's like, no don't do it because it's not for you. And when you're there, you're, you're going to be really miserable. And uh, it, it, it's true. So, you know, and I feel like when you're not listening to your intuition and you're kind of going against what's being told, like you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like that for like when it first happened, it was a shock. I was not expecting it. I was not prepared for it financially. And I was freaking out. And I did call um, my upline. Well, that's what we say in the network marketing business. But I did call my upline and I said to her, like, oh, my God, like, I wasn't expecting this. I thought I had six more months, you know, like I was going to save my money. And and she said, 
and I will never forget this. She said, Melissa, once you work for yourself and you make more money in a day than you've ever made being employed by someone else, you will never go back because tasting that freedom is too sweet. Exactly. And I said, you know what? You're right. That you're totally right. And, and like, if it doesn't work out, I can, I know I can always go back and, and find a job in this field because I've had eight years of doing it, but I won't, but I don't want to. So that was my driving force every day is I don't want to go back to that. I don't want, and I would literally have like nightmares about my old boss. She's terrible. So <laughs> they, they just, they sound like dark leaders that we're ta- talking about in my class, <laughs> dark leaders, unethical, immoral, and probably just downright rude and horrific to work with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like they, they definitely controlled that office through fear a hundred percent and micromanaging. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. No, it was terrible. And I thought like, and every time it got hard, I would tell myself, if you can make money doing something that you hate, why can't you make money doing something that you love, that you're passionate about? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when you just talked about network marketing, um, I kind of want you to talk a little bit about that because there is a stigma out there of people who don't believe in network marketing or think there's pyramid schemes or, well, you're not really making that kind of money, blah, blah, blah. So I love for you to talk about your experience with the network marketing. You know, if you wanted to mention the name of the company, you can, Um, but just that overall experience, because I think, you know, there are people who, who like network marketing, who make money from it. And then you have other people who are like, well, what is this? I don't enjoy this, you know, whatever it is. And I mean, network marketing isn't for everybody. I know I've tried it for me. I know it's not for me, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to support it. Right. So what can we talk about in helping people who are listening today to kind of overcome that stigma? And why is network marketing such a great way to make money? It's a wonderful field, I think. Um, and I jumped into it not really knowing anything about it. And not understanding anything about it. Um, because the person that I started, excuse me, <clears throat> my business with, she didn't really, um, she didn't really know anything either. Like we kind of like, we were the blind leading the blind. We didn't know anything. <laughs> so we figured out a lot of things together and we put systems together in place to launch people on their businesses. And we didn't know who was our upline. Like we didn't, figure that out until we went to our first company event and then we got connected and then things were different from then on out. So it's an industry for people that are self-starters a hundred percent. It is an industry for people that want to have a business. It's not a hobbyist job, right? It's a, it's a business where if you treat it like a hobby, it's going to pay you like a hobby and there's nothing wrong with making hobby money. Um, mm. but there is something wrong with expecting to get paid when you're not doing any work. It is a business. So it's not a job. That's, I think what the, the stigma is out there is people think it's a job. It's not a job. It's a business. You, you are a business owner. So if you treat anybody that owns a business knows this, if you treat a business like a business, it's going to make you business income. Right. Um, nobody opens up a franchise and then doesn't show up to work at, every day. That's just 
because they would make no money. <laughs> you know, like nobody opens up a Starbucks and then has, you know, expects people to walk through the door without doing anything or turning any coffee on. Right. So mm-hmm. that that's, that's what it is. And that's what you have to expect. The industry itself is an industry that goes directly to the consumer. So, um, a lot of the companies are online and they have websites just like any other business does, but it markets directly to the consumer and the consumer gets the product directly from a representative of the company. And so it cuts out the middleman. You know, a lot of companies pay celebrities to advertise for them or they have um, deals with celebrities to market their product so that more people are interested in it and they make commercials and they pay tons of money to do this, right? They pay the celebrities millions of dollars, you know, thousands of dollars for the marketing campaign that they do, or they pay private marketing agencies to advertise for their company. If you ever ever seen a commercial for Target, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Excuse me. So the difference with our industry is that they cut out the middleman. They don't pay celebrities to advertise. They don't pay um, millions of dollars to marketing agencies to um, give us marketing campaigns. They pay us in the field to market. So Mm -hmm. it is a skill that you learn in the industry is marketing. And in my opinion, that can make you a whole lot of money. So <laughs> it almost makes me feel like it's a yeah. money maker. Yeah. Yeah. It almost makes me feel like we should have been marketing majors because <laughs> we would have learned a lot about marketing. It, 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 it is a valuable skill. And, yeah. and being in network marketing, you learn a lot of valuable skills. You learn how to brand yourself. You learn how to market yourself and your business. You learn how to use social media as a platform to do that. You learn how to copyright. Um, you learn how to become a content creator. It's changed a lot in the last 10 years because of social media. So it's um, basically you cut out that middleman. So instead of them paying advertising agencies, commercials, branding uh, deals with celebrities, they pay us. Right. To get the product out there to the consumer. Yeah. So that, so the product, so you, you said body wraps earlier. So what is it that you do that helps people with these products? Okay. So the other side of the business is that I also help people make money doing what I do, having a business online. So that's the other part of the business. And that's the part that I am the most passionate about because I love leadership and I love, um, teaching and helping people and empowering them to see what their gifts really are. That's my favorite part about this business. I love it. It never makes me tired. Um, anytime I have somebody start with me, it's like, I can't even sleep. I'm so excited for that <laughs> because I'm like, I know what you just said yes to. Like, I know what the possibilities are for you. You know, like this is, this is going to be good. So um, it, it still excites me to this day. And I'm still passionate about it eight years later. Um, but yes, we have a lot of plant-based products that are available um, online on our website. And um, that is the other part of it is I also help people get started on their health journey or continue to get results on that journey. Um, people come to me because 
uh, they've had babies and they're, you know, skin, they want their skin to be tighter or they've lost a lot of weight. And so their skin, they don't want to necessarily get the skin surgery. So they come to me uh, for those reasons, or they, you know, they want to lose weight, but they don't know where to start, or they have been losing weight, but they've reached a plateau. And so they need something that's going to, you know, help them through that hump and continue with the weight loss. Or some people just want to get more nutrition into their day. And it's hard to do that with, you know, the prices of groceries right now. And, you know, being at home and trying to get 20 superfoods into your smoothie, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So we have products that are uh, a much better, um, you know, price for something like that. And, um, yeah, All of our products are organic, plant-based, so people get really good results with them because they're food. And that's what your body was designed to do, is food is fuel. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. N- uh, so, when you started this business off, you got married, and then you also just became a mom. And I remember, I remember being... Um, I think I remember coming, did I come to the hospital? I mean, I know I came to the house to visit Katrina. I just don't remember yeah. if I came to the hospital, but I think I did. I, I just can't. It was a long while ago. I don't remember. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. You came to my house. And I remember that for sure. Cause I have a picture of it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember if you were, if you came to the hospital or not. I was very out of it. I had a C-section. So I was on a lot of painkillers and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. and I wasn't at the hospital for very long either. So, but yes, I know. I remember you coming over and, and meeting her. Yeah. Yes. She was only like a few days old too. Mm-hmm. And I remember bringing over like a whole big ton of like a big pot of food and everything. I like, know. Sure you know. <laughs> it was yeah. Awesome. yeah. I remember that. Oh my gosh. So at that time too, you were still running your business you got, you know, you had your, you know, you, you became a mom. And so, yeah. What was that experience like, you know, being able to take care of your baby and then being able to run your business and, you know, doing all of that, how did that work? Honestly, so much gratitude because all the work that I had done up until before she was born, um, was paying me through that transition of, you know, cause when you have a business, you don't get maternity leave. Right. <laughs> so you don't, don't get, get your disability. Own. Nobody gives, nobody cuts you a check when you own a business and you just had a baby. So I was very grateful that I was able to work up until I had her because all that work that I did was paying me while I was at home adjusting and taking care of her because I was exclusively nursing her and any moms out there that have nursed, you know, that that's like a full-time job. Like you literally can't do anything your whole entire life is revolved around two to three hour windows of time because you have to feed your baby. So, um, and you also have to make sure that you're giving your body everything it needs to continue to feed your baby and be able to do that. So it was like a full-time job nursing. It was crazy and it was a big transition and I didn't know what I was doing. I was a first time mom. My mom had unfortunately fell and broke her hip right before my daughter was born so she oh, wow. couldn't come he- to my house and help me, unfortunately, you know, and like, I mean, Tommy was kind of useless because he could, he doesn't have <laughs> boobs, so <laughs> he couldn't nurse her. And so 
um, you know, he did what he can and he did all the things around the house because I couldn't because I also had a C-section, which nobody tells you when you have a C-section, you're not supposed to carry anything more than 10 pounds or yeah. 10 pounds, period. It's like you're not even supposed to be picking up your baby for six weeks because you're healing. You have a huge cut in your yeah. abdomen. And yeah. you need help out of bed. I mean, it's like everything was on the slow show. So I was, it was a huge adjustment for me because I'm the kind of person that I can't sit still. I don't like to sit around. I don't like to quote unquote rest. Um, it stresses me out. <laughs> it gives me anxiety. So I had to learn how to slow down was the biggest adjustment. And I had to learn to work in a completely different way. And I couldn't do anything for literally six weeks. Like I couldn't unload the dishwasher. I couldn't be at the stove. I couldn't do laundry. I couldn't bend over. I couldn't drive. None of those things because of the C-section. So when I actually got back to working, I was so excited. I was like, oh, people, yes. (laughs) conversation you know it was just like oh this is awesome it was like the best two hours of my life when I came back and um I I had to come back mentally for for my mental health and I my heart goes out to those women that have gone through postpartum depression because I went through it it's horrible I don't wish it on my worst enemy not that I have any enemies, but I don't wish it on anyone. It's terrible. It's a really hard thing to come back from. And I knew that having her at the age that I had her, that and also having a C-section um, increases your chances by like 50% of getting postpartum depression, which I didn't know that. But my doctor said, you know, it's a possibility because of your age that you had her. And so I knew it was a possibility. And she told me like the things to watch out for. And it was crazy because you don't really know that you're, that it's happening to you until like you're, like you're in it already. And you don't realize it because the shift in your hormones after you have a baby, it's like, you don't even feel like yourself. It's the weirdest thing ever. And it's all physical. It's not emotional and it doesn't make any logical sense how you feel because it's all the hormones in your body. And I have my mom sitting there telling me like, oh yeah, this is normal. Like you're going to go through this. You know what I mean? So I just felt very um, isolated and alone, which sounds really sad, but a lot of moms go through that when they first have a baby because it's a huge adjustment. And I could see your look on your face and you're like, I don't want to have a baby now. <laughs> this is not everyone's experience. I see. Okay. It's not everyone's experience. The C-section part scared me. Yeah. The C-section part scared me because when you said, like you can't do stuff. You have to get help getting out of bed. I was like, people make it seem like C-sections are so cool. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, no, I don't want to do no, Let me. It's not, no, they literally cut open your muscles. It's not, it's not an easy thing to recover from. No, I mean, my mom had to do a C-section with me and um, you know, she was like in, in pain too for like a few weeks, just like you. I remember she told me when she experienced it, but then she had to go back and do it again because she also had to get rid of a fibroid that was growing, that grown. And it was already growing outside the uterus and was causing issues when I was in her stomach. So I was a miracle baby. The doctor didn't, you know, the doctor was basically telling her to terminate the pregnancy 
Like, no, oh you goodness. can't because, you know, you have a fibroid. And it was it was taken over to the point where it took over half her uterus and I wasn't getting, you know, all that, all the minerals and food that I needed. Um, it stopped growing after three months miraculously through God. And, um, and then I was born like 3.5 pounds or something, but I was born healthy. But the fact that she had, they had, they were trying to do natural. They couldn't because she, the fibroid had obstructed it, uh, the, the, you know, the ability for her to have a, a normal birth. And so she ended up having um, the C-section. Um, if they didn't have the C-section, I probably would have died trying to be born because that was, you know, that they had to do an emergency C-section. And then the doctors, you know, at that point, whatever she had, the fibroids were all over, you know, after I was born, it went all over, spread into her uterus completely. So the doctor was like, you're going to come back again in six months to do this. So six months later, she had to do the same in C-section incision again. Yeah. I see your face. You're like, what? Oh yeah. My gosh. Yeah. She had to do it again, just, you know, for her hysterectomy. And then, you know, that's it. But to get cut like that six months. I mean, so just hearing your experience and kind of thinking about my mom's experiences. And I mean, I, I know a lot of people that went through C-sections and I also know people um, like I have a friend, she had, she gave birth three times and each time was in the house. She never went to the hospital. She had her midwives and girl, these babies were big. They were like, <laughs> They were huge, eleven pounds, and she gave birth to them like naturally. I'm like, how did you do this? Like, I was looking at her like, you're my hero because I don't know if eleven pounds would have gone me. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the thing about childbirth is, and it's something my doctor told me because I told her, at you know, I told her thinking that like I knew anything, and I didn't. Um, I told her I didn't want a C-section, and I told her I didn't want an epidural because I didn't want my baby born all like drugged out <laughs> with this with this painkiller in their system you know I wanted to do everything naturally and my sister laughed at me and she said yeah right you have no idea what it feels like you're gonna see what I'm talking about and my doctor even said you know what I'm gonna order it anyway because you may change your mind some people childbirth is no big deal they can handle the pain it goes very quickly some people it doesn't and you don't know until you get in that ring and you're giving birth. And yeah. you've never had a baby before. So we don't even know what your body's going to do. And she was exactly right. Because I spent my entire pregnancy being really active, walking, eating right, not gaining a ton of weight because I didn't want to have a C-section. <laughs> And my doctor was like, as long as that baby's not huge, you're going to be okay because you can push her out. But she's very long. So we have to like monitor how fast she's growing or you're not going to be able to push her out. And she said, because um, I'm very petite, my frame is very petite and my mom is the same. And my mom also had C-sections because same thing happened to her. And so... I knew that that was a possibility for me. So I spent all that time avoiding it. And I ended up having one anyway, as an emergency after like nine hours of labor. And so you just never know what's going to happen. And that's the thing about being, that was my introduction to motherhood because that's exactly what it is. You don't know what you're doing. You have to accept that from the beginning and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what's going to happen. And you have to go with the flow a lot of the times. So even being a mom, I am, I navigate it through my intuition. 
99% of the time. Right. There goes this intuition right, right, right away. So let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about it because um, so far intuition has helped you to, you know, be successful in this business. It's, it's helped you to navigate. I mean, your intuition, I know helped you to, you know, find your husband and get married, you know, and all this stuff. And I mean, I say this because, you know, it, it's like, you're, you follow what your intuition is telling you to do. You follow it. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's telling me to go there. It's telling me to do this. I'm going to do it. And then we'll see what happens. And the next thing you know, it's there. And then, and if you don't have the passion and the purpose behind it, which you do, I mean, cause clearly I could hear in your voice, the passion that you have behind the work that you do, um, the, the purpose of, of why you're doing what you're doing, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, when it comes to our intuition, what are some of the key things that we really need to think about when our intuition is talking to us? Because, you know, not everybody listens to your intuition, right? No. And, we need to- and they we- always regret it later. And never right. hear someone say, I didn't listen to my intuition and it turned out great. Like, I never hear that. So- no. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> okay. So this is this is great. Um, this is a great question. I think in my experience personally, just living the way that I have in my life and manifesting things that I've always wanted to have and seeing them actually happen is a lot of people don't understand the way that intuition works because it's not really something that you're taught. And the the best teacher of that is you have to trust yourself and what's inside of you over everything that you see in the outside world because the outside world is a circumstance but it's not the be and end all it's just what you see in this moment and that can always change um the changing factor is you though so a lot of people don't understand how to or don't have the practice of getting quiet and getting centered so that you can hear your intuition and feel your intuition and like, no, its presence is there. Um, but we have a lot of distractions in the world. You know, we have these little devices in our pockets every day called a phone. You know, and a lot of people wake up and the first thing they do is they look at the phone. That's terrible. Yeah, I'm um, guilty it, of that. It, it interrupts a lot of natural things. Um, chemistry in your brain, actually. That's like a whole different topic. And I've read books about that. But it... Don't do that if you're trying to get in touch with your intuition. Don't look at your phone for the first hour of your day. That's the best advice I can give you is wake up earlier if you need to, but don't look at your phone for the first hour of the day because the way that you start your day, that's going to carry you throughout the whole day. And if you start your day waking up and getting in tune with your intuition, it's going to be a much, it's going to be a much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? a much different experience throughout your day. Um, You're going to see alignment. You're going to see things just like happen very easily. There's not going to be a lot of resistance. You're going to do work and it's just going to flow. If you, if you do writing for your work and you don't do an intuition practice, I don't know how you write first of all, but (laughs) um, it's going to flow a lot easier if you do do that. And you just get quiet and you get centered. And some people, you know, do this differently depending on what you currently 
um, practice in your day. But you can do this by prayer. You can do this by meditation. You can do this by taking a walk. Um, but no distractions. And you just, you're in your body and you're centered. And that's like turning it on. I, I think the best analogy I can give you is like the Wi-Fi in your house. Okay. Some people, the Wi-Fi in your house gets you on the internet, right? It's your connection to the internet. Your intuition is your, is your connection to God, to your higher power, whatever it is that you believe in. And it's like DSL. It's like your connection. And some people are born very naturally connected and it's very easy, right? And some people are born where it's a little bit hard. They're more analytical. They're more, um, I, they're a little more left brain and they're a little less visual. And so it's kind of hard for them to tap into that. So if you're like a little bit more left brain and a little bit more analytical, I would say like a moving meditation would be best for you. Maybe like a Tai Chi or like something that slows you down, but really gets you in your body. And then that's how you can easily tap into that intuition. Those of us that are like more creative, more right brain, so easy, so second nature to us. Like it's not even hard to get quiet in your mind. But for, um, for a lot of us, when we first start, it is challenging because we're, we're so used to that chatter and that mindless, like thoughts jumping and overthinking and, look at it this way. You're giving your brain a break. You really, really are. And that's something that you should do. In my opinion, try to do it every day. And at first it's kind of hard, but the more often that you do it, it's like building a muscle. It gets easier and easier. And then you're just going to know like, Oh, that's my intuition talking. And it's very, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. So you have to pick up on it. And, um, the more that you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because, you know, and I think that's the thing. A lot of us don't know how to build upon that intuition. I mean, my mom always has told me too, and this is something I've noticed, intuition really, at least for me, from what I've observed, intuition really grows for me when I have connection with God. And um, when I'm connected, God, you know, through, you know, through God and and through prayer and uh, having that belief, my intuition grows. And if I stray just a little bit further away, my intuition goes away. Like it's there, but it wanes a little bit. Right. Um, And so, you know, whatever your, your connection is to, you know, the higher power you believe in. I mean, I, I have my beliefs and, you know, I'm a Muslim, so I believe differently than, you know, you and everyone else, but ultimately the, the idea is the same. You're believing in the higher power. And because of that belief and because of those prayers and because you have faith and I, we always say this, you know, having, extreme faith and extreme belief like that's really going to help hone hone in your intuition you'll know when you're being told okay don't do this or yeah you know this is the right place for you this is the right thing for you so um i agree with you on that and as far as growing yeah meditation is great prayer is great um i'm guilty of the uh picking up the phone as soon as i wake up in the morning but that's also my alarm clock so i need to purchase an alarm clock right um, which I've been meaning to for the last few years, but the phone is what I end up waking up to only because um, I already, you know, my days already started with people texting me and, you know, trying to get in touch with me and emailing me going, okay, we got to get this done. We need to do this. Can you help with this? And I'm like, can we calm it down? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's pretty, 
pretty interesting. Um, and passion plays right into intuition. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And you've seen it. Yeah. So I know that you also wanted to talk a little bit about purpose. So yeah. purpose is, is something that that I feel like it's not like it's just going to rain down on you one day and you're just going to be like, oh, that's what it is. That That's my purpose. Um, but it kind of goes hand in hand with intuition and purpose. Obviously your passion can lead you to your purpose or purpose can lead you to what you're passionate about. I'm just recovering from COVID too. So I'm still a little bit congested sometimes, but, um, I feel like when it comes to your purpose, I I think people put so much emphasis on this and it's just such a like, I don't know, things that people struggle with, unfortunately, a lot in life. If you're leading your life in a way of listening to your intuition and trusting your intuition, finding your purpose is not going to be a super difficult thing because you're going to be led to it and you're going to um, find it. You know, you're going to find where it's not, that's not my purpose. And okay, over here, this is my purpose because it feels right and it, and it flows and I just know it. So, um, we are all born with different gifts and talents, I think. And it is our job when we're here to express that. Um, I, I've heard this, I don't know where, but I thought it was really great. Um, maybe a book or I don't know where I saw it, but it, it's this is what I always keep in mind when it comes to your purpose is um, God gives you gifts and what you do with those gifts are your gift to God. So I feel like finding your purpose and finding your talents, that's really where things flow in your life and where things go really well for you and where you get to reach all your goals. And so live in that place live in that place, get quiet, figure it out. Only you're the only person that can figure that out and tell your, and, you know, know that that's the right place for you. That's the right space for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and if you don't know if that's not the right space or you, you know, you, you know, you just, you have to understand that you have to, you got to figure it out. Um, I mean, gosh, we've had such a great conversation today. Just, talking about intuition, I mean, really hearing your story about, you know, um, you know, what happened in, 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 you know, working a nine to five job and getting into network marketing. And I really appreciate you talking to us about network marketing a little bit and really um, kind of helping people take away that stigma because network marketing um, really, if you know how to market, if you, if you're passionate, I think I just wanted to say one thing about this. If you're really passionate about the product that you're you know, selling for that company, it's going to be a lot more easier. You're going to really enjoy that network marketing than if you were to get into something and you don't have that passion for it, because maybe it's not something that you're in alignment with. Right. And so when you see someone's in alignment with that work and that's what they're doing, you know, support them in that, you know, and know that, you know, they're just, it's like, you know, rather than, than thinking, okay, well, you know, network marketing, all oh, these people are this, not, no, no, no. They're running a business just like everybody else. And they're trying to do what they need to do. So we, we, we do need to be more supportive of, of network marketing and MLM and, uh, you know, making sure that we're able to, you know, not only just support you, but, you know, 
even be able to say, hey, maybe this product might work for us. Let's do it, you know? Um, and then the other thing about intuition, you know, like we're talking about intuition, passion, purpose. Um, a lot of times I feel like people have lost that passion and purpose. So when you you don't have it, your intuition is is really not, you're not going to listen to your intuition. It will tell you, but you're just going to be like, ah, whatever. I'm, I don't, I don't feel it. I'm just going to do what I, whatever. And when you're not really listening to that inner voice, right, you're not being passionate about the work that you do, then you're really kind of not putting yourself in that space to listen and to be guided. Yes. And, um, that's where you get disconnected from yourself Yeah, and you get into trouble when you get into that space because now we're talking about mental health issues. So, and there's nothing wrong with having mental health issues. There's nothing wrong with having anxiety or depression or, um, right. Anything like that. Um, so excuse me, please hear me on that. There's nothing wrong with that. The, the great, the best thing you can do is, I know that I have this, so how am I going to fix it? And putting the power back in your hands. And I feel like when you are connected to yourself, uh, your inner being and who you are and what you're passionate about and what your talents are, um, it's just a different experience. And if you find yourself there in that um, space of depression or anxiety or constant overthinking, it a lot of the times that's the first step to get yourself out of it is just to get quiet and get in touch with your, with yourself and just, you know, turn off the outside world for 10 minutes a day. It doesn't take a long time. Everybody has 10 minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. You have 10 minutes every day to just kind of hone in into yourself. Yeah. I mean, we need to be able to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's been so great to have you here on the podcast today and to just, you know, have you visit. I want you to come and visit me often on the podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm I'm so happy to be here. This is like the first time I've ever been invited to a podcast. So I was so excited about it. I'm like, I don't even know what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I love it because, you know, well, now that you know and experienced it, you know, I would love for you to come back because there's a lot, you have a lot of wisdom to share, Melissa. And I want people to hear that wisdom. Um, and I think it would be great for you to continue to share, especially when it comes to intuition, especially when it comes to, you know, being a mom and also owning your own business, you know, have, being an entrepreneur. Like, I, I really like that we talked about that today because I think there's, you know, I have a an audience that, you know, consists of moms and children and wanting to do that. Um, and so I would love to invite you back because we've got a lot more stuff to talk about, a lot of topics to discuss. Um, you know, we were just kind of talking a little bit about um, mental health issues. We were talking a little bit about like, you know, how to not have technology, too much technology in your life to the point where, it, you know, it can disturb, you know, not only your physical function, but your I think spiritual and intuitive functions, right? Because I mean, you know, it's one, you know, you wake up with the phone in your face, there goes the light in your eyes. That's one thing. But then, you know, then you're also not really giving yourself that moment to wake up and really just enjoy the fact that you woke up to another day. So thank you. Thank you for that. And um, I'm really excited to have you and I cannot wait to have you back again, Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Can't wait to be back. 
Yes, yes. Okay. So everybody, if you want to get in touch with Melissa, Melissa, how can they get in touch with you? You can find me on social media. I am always present. You can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle on Instagram is at Melissa M, like Mary D'Amico. And you will find me there on Instagram, uh, the same on TikTok. And if you want to find me on Facebook, Melissa Mendoza D'Amico. That's how you can find me. Awesome. So all of those, um, all the links for Instagram, um, Facebook, social media, you know, will be in the description. Um, quick question. Can they email you if they wanted to get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. You can email me too. Um, my email is the same. Melissa M. D'Amico at gmail.com. Awesome. All right. So all that information will be put in the description below or on the side, depending on where you're looking at, which podcast platform you're in. The description has all this information. Feel free to follow Melissa on Instagram. Feel free to get in touch with her. Um, If you are interested in knowing more about the work that she does um, and you want to know more about, um, I don't know, you were talking about body wraps earlier. So if you want to know more about that and just, or just to talk to her about intuition, just to talk to her about finding your passion and purpose, um, reach out to her. She will be, I'm sure, more than happy to talk to you further. And um, I really just, I really enjoyed having you today and really talked about these topics because these are also some topics I love talking about. And I can't wait for us for the next episode. With that said, everybody, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit the follow subscribe button if you like this show. If you like this podcast, please give us five-star ratings for this episode. Um, If you like the podcast overall, I will appreciate any five-star ratings you can give me. Um, You can give me along with... um, a nice comment or two. I mean, what did you, what do you like about the podcast? I'd love to hear more about that. And I really can't uh, wait to bring in the next episode because the next episode will be with a few of my other uh, colleagues from Pepperdine. And we're going to be talking about some really fun stuff. So till then, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and we will talk soon. Uh, This is Amplify Your Potential Podcast.